Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming and progressive Unitarian Universalist congregation, deeply committed to love and justice. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. One thing I appreciate about Justin is that he often brings the outside into the sanctuary by noting the season, the weather, nature's moods. So maybe it is no mistake that this transition, this threshold, his going on sabbatical, is happening in the depths of winter. I keep thinking of something the poet John O'Donohue writes, winter is the oldest season. It has some quality of the absolute. Personally, I love the winter, but the human soul, I think, dislikes absolutes as much as it tries to build them. No, I think we long for change. This fall, I was lucky to be in an early morning poetry reading circle that Justin led. It was delightful to gather in the stillness and near darkness before the day became busy to give ourselves over to a poem. The practice was to listen, not once, but three times, and to hold a distinct question with each reading. Each each recitation, each time spoken by a different participant in the circle, evoked a totally new response in each of us. The trick of it, the practice, was to listen openly, to let the poem wash over you with no preconceived ideas, to let it speak to your life. What was remarkable was that what grabbed us was almost always unexpected and exactly what each of us needed to hear, as long as the listening was spacious and the engagement passionate. I, for one, as we head into this next season of the life of First Universalist Church, with Ruth retiring in May, with Justin going on sabbatical, with our own building renovations set to begin this spring, I'm going to try to listen spaciously to the quality of the new spaces opening all around. I know thresholds personally, but find myself wondering what it means to cross these thresholds collectively as a congregation. I have no idea what it means yet, only that what we do with new space, how deeply and spaciously we listen to it, is up to us, all of us. Spring is already at work under the surface. Come, let us worship. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Brianna French, and I am proud to be your president, president of the Board of Trustees in this congregation. And I'm here with about half of the board who I'll introduce. About half. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kristen Siegesman, Darren Woodson, Eric Cooperstein, got a quorum. Eric Cooperstein, and Vin Miles. So we're here to hold up this transition and help um, show leadership as Justin embarks on this sabbatical. Sabbatical is a time of rest, reflection, and renewal. 
They are normal and healthy parts of a long-term successful ministry across faith traditions. The UU Ministerial Association guidelines recommend that after four years a congregation, with a congregation, ministers may take one month of sabbatical for each year of service, up to a maximum of six months. So this is where we are with Justin. And there are many reasons why it's important for a minister to take sabbatical, including the following. A minister has emotional highs and lows, unlike most other vocations, as you can imagine. A minister is on call, often 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Ministers need uninterrupted downtime for deep reflection and renewal. Those who have sabbaticals are less likely to experience burnout as a result. And sabbaticals are one part of healthy and fair compensation for our clergy. Thus, this sabbatical is important for us to offer as a congregation to all of our full-time ministers. This is what the congregation does to help ensure healthy leadership and reduce burnout. Our congregation is strong and healthy. I feel very clear about that. Even with Ruth's retirement and the dislocation of our upcoming building renovations, we are strong and we are healthy. We have a strong team in place that goes beyond Jen. And Justin, uh, as a result, will not be in contact during this time, so we're going to have to do it on our own. Appreciate the head nods and the affirmations. We got this. Justin's wisdom and ministry is present and can be held while he's away. So this means that we're not going to take on new projects. Part of our role as a congregation is to step forward in leadership and step back in new initiatives. Jen's laser focus is going to be on Sunday worship, the leadership with the board and staff, and so she will be in charge of the staff and the ministry during our, uh, and the ministry of this church. But we are still here for you, and our ministers are here for you during life's transitions, so pastoral care will not stop. Many of the staff will be wearing different hats during sabbatical and picking up pieces that Justin might have done or something Jen did. So stay tuned as we might ask for your volunteer expertise and talents. And we may need to step up as well. Consider this our own sabbatical. We've been very busy. Since Justin came on board, we've done many things, including a deep decade-long commitment to racial justice. We became a sanctuary church and actively supported families seeking asylum supported the reclaiming of the name Bede Makaska, co-hosted water summits with local indigenous leaders. We've hosted families and are continuing to, as you heard tonight, who are experiencing housing insecurity through families moving forward. And we spent a good deal of time building relationships and discerning with Shirtikva around co-location, all while having a bustling religious education program, adult ministries, and so on. So I'd say we could use some rest ourselves, and we could take this time for our own sabbatical. The best thing that we can do is to have reasonable expectations, hold on to your great ideas until we are at full staffing capacity and can move those forward. And just know that your board has full confidence in our ability to transition during this time. We got your back. Thanks. Well, I have enjoyed every board uh, that I've worked with in the 10 plus years I've been here. Um, but I particularly enjoy this board and your leadership, Brianna, and the board members. Yeah, Brianna just brings like such a good dose of um, 
playfulness and humor and also a seriousness to kind of help us move into these weighty issues that the board holds. So grateful for the board's leadership during this time. Yeah, we can, we can celebrate that. And I, I want to read this poem, Clearing, one more time, because it's a poem that's really been working with me and on me the last couple of weeks. So, Clearing. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worthy of rescue. This poem is just, like I said, been speaking to me on many levels. Uh, it's the day after the winter solstice, and many of you were here last night. You were resting in, not running from the darkness. The middle of that winter solstice service has a clearing of sorts, this space, this extended time of darkness and quiet, a time to live and breathe and to be in the darkness. It's a clearing. There is rest there in that darkness so that when the light returns, it actually means something because we have been in the darkness and we've received something from that experience. As I prepare to leave on a six-month sabbatical on December 30th, I've been thinking about what a gift this time is for, for me and my family for study and rest and travel and just to be with my family in some different ways. And this poem, Clearing, offers a beautiful vision of what a sabbatical might be. But what's true is that my vision of what a sabbatical might be didn't really start with this poem. I kind of backed up into the poem, not by accident, but the poem came later. In some ways, my emerging understanding of sabbatical actually started with my right shoulder. Let me tell you what I mean. You're like, what? <laughs> so I've, I've had some chronic pain in this shoulder for a number of years, kind of ebbs and flows over the years. And usually it's not too bad. It's just sort of there. I kind of live with it. I manage. But this year has been different. I've been doing a lot of kettlebell. Uh, those of you who know kettlebell, you know, you hold, yeah, kettlebell fan back there. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, it's a, I think it's a great way to work out. Like I'm not a gym guy, but like the kettlebell. So I've been doing it three times a week. Really loving it. I see a couple other folks I know are in kettlebell in this in this church, and uh, in the past few months, I've just I've kind of stopped doing it because the pain in my shoulder just got to be so much. So a few weeks ago, I finally um, called up a physical therapist and went in and talked with the physical therapist because I was really just tired of pretending that things were all right with my shoulder. Like I'm like I miss kettlebell. This isn't working. I need to figure out what's going on. So in the first meeting, I told my physical therapist, look, it hurts when I put my coat on. It hurts when I reach up for like a cup on a high shelf. It's just, it hurts when I reach across my body. There's a lot of places where it's, just, it's not feeling very good. So he did this initial assessment on my shoulder. And then he said to me, most likely, everything is just a bit too tight and constricted in your shoulder. That's what's pinching the rotator cuff muscles. There's a bunch of very complicated muscles in there. That's what's kind of pinching those and the other things that are there. I used a bunch of words I don't remember. They're just like, that's what's making it tight up in your shoulder. 
He also shared with me that he guessed some of that pain was a result of being on the computer a lot and kind of, you know, you, I'm sure you know this pose where you're like, you know, doing your emails, like I need to get two more emails in before the thing. And then that just doesn't help with the shoulders either. So his recommendation was pretty simple to me. He said twice a day, you need to do some significant stretching exercises, like lean up on a wall and lean forward, really stretch that way. Get a foam roller, lay back on a foam roller, do those stretching exercises. And then he also said, here's some strengthening exercises you need to do with a band and some other things. And that was all in addition to kind of regular physical therapy. The goal was to create some space to open things up so that everything in this shoulder wasn't so tight and pinched, wasn't so cramped and scrunched, causing this pain. So I did everything he recommended. I was really, I'm very diligent. You should know this about me. If someone's like, do this thing, because it'll help you, I'm like, I'm going to do the thing. And so I was doing the thing. Like, he's like, yeah, just take like 10 minutes. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take 20 minutes every morning. And like, I'm really going to stretch. And so I did that. And then after about a week, I started noticing some changes. Not not healed. It still aches. There's still places that are sore, but different motions now where it used to catch with this pain, that has shifted. Things have changed. So just this past week, in the midst of this sort of change in my shoulder, I was in a phone conversation with my spiritual director, and I was talking about this sabbatical about and about some of the grief that I was actually feeling that's been coming up these last couple of weeks, um, earlier this week, during this, uh, the, en the end of the week, dropping off our youngest at daycare, I found myself unable to leave his daycare without uh, crying a little bit, and then meeting with some staff last week, same thing. So I was processing that with my spiritual director, and how I'm going to um, miss this congregation and miss all of you, and how saying goodbye is touching these places of, of sadness in me. Um, and I also was talking about my hopes for the time away and how I wanted to create space to really let what often feels are the edges of my life, to let those into the center of my life. And then I said to my spiritual director, here's something that I'm noticing. These last few weeks, I've had an embodied experience of creating space in my shoulder. And I'm watching how differently my whole being, my whole body is starting to feel as a result of just creating a little bit of space up here. And I said to her, this is what I'm hoping for in my sabbatical, to create space, to slow down, to be in a different rhythm so that I can rest and notice and pay attention to my life and my spirit and my family. And that will change all of who I am, I hope. Now here's where it gets interesting. As I was talking with my spiritual director on the phone at home, and we were I was at home doing this work, talking to my spiritual director on the phone because our son is in this very small in-home daycare. And earlier this week, some of the kids were sick and the, the two adult teachers were sick and so they just canceled daycare. And so I'm figuring out how to do um, ministry and work from home and mostly we're making it work. So I'm on the phone having this conversation and our youngest is on a step stool at the sink playing with the water in the sink. Like this is fine, like what could go wrong? Um, <laughs> So he's playing, he's playing 
uh, at the sink with the water, and he has my neti pot. And those of you who know what a neti pot is, it's a little cup with a spout that you put some salt water in and then run through your nose, and your sinuses to clear you out. And it's, it's great. And um, he's filling it up and emptying it and filling it up and emptying it. And I'm just hearing a lot of splashing and a lot of water. And that seems fine. And filling and emptying and filling and emptying. And then um, he knocks it accidentally off the edge of the sink, and it, boom, falls on the floor and just poof, shatters. And so I'm still on the phone with my spiritual director. I'm like, hold on a minute, and I hang up with her. I go over and make sure he's okay, he's fine. The neti pot is completely broken. So I clean up the neti pot. I say, I think we're done with the <laughs> playing at the sink. Um, and then he kind of goes to, you know, starts to do something else. And so I call my spiritual director back up. We still have 20 minutes left in our time. Um, this isn't free. I have to pay for this time. So <laughs> like, I'm going to use these last 20 minutes with my spiritual director. Um, and as soon as we get back on the phone call, I kind of share what happened, let her know my son is fine. And we immediately, she immediately starts reflecting with me and gets my imagination going on this imagery of filling up and then emptying, filling up and then emptying, filling up and emptying, and then ultimately just breaking wide open. And maybe, she says to me, maybe sabbatical is like this big emptying out. Maybe it's so big that you have to reimagine the, the whole container that you're emptying. And maybe that metaphor isn't exactly right, but you get the idea in this conversation, this hope that I have that this sabbatical, this Sabbath, this time of rest is a time of emptying, a time of putting down, a time of clearing out all of the low-level distractions in my life so that I can really pay attention to what's happening inside of me, so that I can rest in this generous, generative space, and I can let into the clearing that is created then all the things I've been avoiding, all the things I'm afraid of or that I haven't had time for. My hope is that this will be a time to discover what's really deeply true for me and for my family and to piece these newly emerging parts of my life together and then to catch the song that is my life in my cupped hands. This is the work of my sabbatical. And it feels right that I begin this sabbatical in this season that invites us to rest in the darkness, to sit in the darkness, to be still and then to make room in our hearts and in the world, to make room for the light to return, for love to be born again in the world. I want you all to know how much that I will miss you while I am away. And that even though I won't be here for the next six months, there's a part of me that remains here, that is in this community, that belongs to this community, and there is a part of you your hearts, your spirits, your laughter and essence that's with me even when I am not here. And I also want you to know that I'll be back. Six weeks will go, or sorry, six months. Six weeks would go, six weeks would go very quickly. <laughs> six months, six months also, I think, will go very quickly for all of us. And before you know it, I'll be back. While I am away, my hope, my hope for all of you is that you might discover and receive the exact gifts that you need in this time. As you do the ministry of this church, 
as you care for one another, as you journey with one another, as you teach religious education classes and lead small groups and help Jen in this time, my hope is you will receive the exact gifts that you need, that you also might make some kind of clearing in your life through silence or prayer or meditation, whatever it is, that you might make a clearing in your life and discover the gifts of that clearing so that the song that is your life falls into your cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. May it be so. I do love you. Amen. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Your people are my people. Your people are mine. We sing these words almost every Sunday together. And they are words that are in my heart as we send Justin off into this time of sabbatical. These words help us remember who we are, that we are beloved, that we have love to give, that wherever we are and wherever the people we love are, we are connected. That is the truth. So Justin, as you prepare for your sabbatical, I want you to know that wherever you go, we go. <laughs> but not in a creepy kind of way. More in the kind of way that's like, we're whispering the word beloved, and it's getting picked up on the wind and carrying to wherever you are. We are holding the shared inhale and exhale of this earth. We are carrying the shared inhale and exhale of this church community where you have invested your heart and your life and your ministry for these 10 years. And we hold it with care. We hold it with care and we whisper the word beloved out on the wind to you wherever you go. We want you to have room while you are away. Room to have fun, to bring your enthusiastic energy out to other people and places in the world beyond us. We want you to explore, to take everything in with wonder, to have an opportunity to give the care and attention you so often give to each of us, to yourself and to your family. We are wishing for you that clearing, that spaciousness, where the song of your life can drop into your cupped open hands and you can know it as your own. You go with our blessing to breathe deep and play hard and discover everything that you need to discover. And then come on back and tell us your stories. And in the meantime, we've got this place and we have each other. So, I'm going to tell you what I've been telling our staff and what I think I'm actually telling myself as we prepare for this time of sabbatical, this time for all of us to hold the life of the church. So this phrase comes up in my head sometimes, and when it does, I've begun to know that it's a, it's a trigger that I should do something different. The phrase goes like this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Uh-uh. <laughs> I may in fact have this, and confidence and affirmations are great, but what I want to challenge us to do, actually, is to trade that phrase, I've got this, with we've got this. 
we've got this together. We each hold a piece of the puzzle of what we need. We each need to let other ideas and people in to help. So that's my hope for us as a congregation, as leaders, as staff, as volunteers. My hope for us, not just during this sabbatical time, but in all the times of change or crisis or great ideas that we have to remember it's not I've got this, it's we've got this. So my hope for this time of sabbatical with all the transitions that are ahead and these six months will be full of, of some transitions that instead of I've got this, we'll move into we've got this. That this will be a time where we grow not in independence, but in interdependence. This is our challenge before us. So we've got each other, and we've got this. And as a way of sending Justin and his family off on this time of sabbatical and of reminding ourselves that we are in it together, I'm going to invite us to sing one more time that song we sing as a reminder to one another, where you go, I will go. So I invite you to rise as you're willing or able, and let's sing this one more time to Justin and to ourselves. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text FIRSTUNIV, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.